So tonight we're following in the footsteps of Monica, Rachel and uh, the friends, Bridget Jones, classic example, and also Jennifer Garner in a very memorable, to me, 20, uh, 2014 film classic, uh, 30, 13 going on 30? Does that ring yes, any bells? Of course, anyone? I've seen that. I can't believe you doubt whether or not <laughs> I've seen never that. seen that film. What? I've seen a uh, quite, quite glorious takedown. It's of really that film good. And um, Charlie Lyons movie. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Beyond Clueless. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie Lyons was also a guest on our show. And you, you can, can find our archive. iTunes. I, you can find us on iTunes. You can find Charlie Lyons. Uh, episode, the episode where he came on. Great plugging all around. Yeah. But back to the original <laughs> point, Jennifer Garner was in 13 Going On 30, a particular favourite teen film of mine. So obviously our topic this evening is 30. Some people call it 30 and fabulous. These days I've seen a lot of hashtags about dirty 30, not really sure what that means. And in the past people definitely always used to make jokes about 30 being past it. Um, so before we launch into this uh, main topic, I think to get us in the mood, we can listen to a song which apparently actually turned 30 this week that's right all the way back in 1987 this was actually top of the pops and it is of course whitney houston's i want to dance with somebody That was so good. Did you know that it was number one 30 years ago? I didn't. There are a lot of things I don't know about that song, and that is one of them. In the I UK and question. US. Wow. I do have to question her wanting to feel the heat with somebody. In this current <laughs> temperature, I'm definitely trying to stand as far away from everyone as possible. So on that note, before we launch into our main topic, we usually um, do do our gripes, mini celebrations. I feel like you've got a gripe there. I've got a lot of gripes. And a lot of them are vaguely heat related, but they're more in kind of, it's more like what I've been doing to avoid the heat and the kind of terrible repercussions of those things. So first of all, you might have noticed something that Catherine and I have talked about a lot in the past is my love of the micro fringe. And I've gone micro, I've gone micro fringe. And I can't tell if I love it or hate it, but I think it's kind of, you know, hopefully going to protect me from getting a bit too overheated. When did you get that done? Because... I thought That's this is very stereotypical, but and incredibly cliche. But I thought there was something different about you, and I didn't know what it was. <laughs> Maybe yesterday. I thought it was I think. just the heat. So yeah, well, also I'm sweating a lot, so that's probably making me look. It's a new sheen that I've got. I feel adopted. like a micro fringe isn't enough of an effort if you want to stave off the heat. I feel you should. I mean, I shave my whole head. I'm not saying you should shave Force your head. I'm just saying if you want to like stop the heat that would be the most efficient way to do that. Well, Rehab. also, so I finally ditched my kind of two years in the making armpit hair um, because I was so hot. But what I did was, because like the hair was a so long. Shaving. Yeah. A lot of shaving. Because the hair was so long, like you can't just use like a regular razor. Like that will not work. Oh, so did you I cut a, it first and then I, shave? Well, trimmer. I used a beard trimmer. Mm. And that is, I just want to say like that is not the, I don't advise it. It's not the best thing to use on your sensitive little armpits. Did it cut? Did it bleed? A, a did small you have- amount. Armpit blood. Um, is that different to other blood? I just think it's not the best way of doing it. So that's also my third thing, which is also to do with the heat, is that I've been drinking a lot of water because I think that's what you're meant which to do. Which means you need to pee a lot. Which means, yeah, I'm peeing yeah. constantly. I'm not used to this. I pee maybe like three times a day. Are they micro peas? Micro peas in the micro fringe. Not even. They're like fairly substantial. And I just thought my body would like, you know, realize it's getting water, it's supposed to be using it, not peeing it out again. 
So I'm just peeing all the time. You don't normally drink that much water. I've noticed that before. It's true. Um, and you don't go to the loo that often either. Exactly. And now <laughs> it's all coming out. It's annoying. I mean, that was a good series of gripes, top tips. Thank you. All well yeah, noted. All Leo, how about you? I've got an original gripe. I feel it's original because I knew people were going to be griping about the heat today. Ooh. Mine is you're saying that. I yeah, knew it. Mine so are predictable. Unoriginal. Yes. I mean, obviously, pee and fringe, very original. No gripes on your gripe there. But yeah. anyway, my gripe is this morning I left the house quite fast and um, I put on this top, which I know, listeners, you cannot see. And for a good reason. One, it's radio. And two, it's slightly see-through. Um, I actually was wearing a bra earlier, but it got too hot, so I took it off after work. But um, it meant that I was kind of waltzing around my new job. I've been there for three days, basically topless. <laughs> but it's not its not that bad. But I felt a little bit embarrassed. And also, it's crumpled. I should have ironed it. So it was like a double whammy of inappropriate. I think you look very smart. Thank you. And it I, was tucked in earlier. So I, I see what you mean, but I can't see nipple and that's that is good. that's the that's i think that's, that's the, the rule isn't line. It? yeah, yeah. Don't, um, don't look at my excellent nipples. gripe yeah i've got a gripe it's um on theme i keep getting id'd um oh my god <laughs> humble brag that is not yours was no. a humble brag as well that you were like oh i've turned up accidentally looking really smart for my job i don't have to wear a bra <laughs> i don't have to wear a bra. yeah we were both like my oh as if i could take off my bra i just wander around <laughs> i've been there three Jesus. days <laughs> Um, it's annoying though because I think it's it's gone past a point. Maybe it will be flattering in future, but it is just irritating because they then look really shocked and surprised, and you have mm. to get your thing out, and it just takes time. And everyone around you is obviously thinking you're a teenager, um, and I I kind of feel like I don't want people to think that I am 18 when they have a first impression of me. Mm. Or twenty one, if yeah. you know, if they're doing that challenge twenty one. You know, what thing. really helps against that grey hairs. I've only I've got one grey hair. You've got quite radical advice: dye your hair grey, <laughs> shave your full head. Like, it's all hair related. <laughs> we could do those things. But yeah, I'm fine. I am finding it irritating that someone doesn't recognise me as being. You know, mid to late 20s is fine, but if even if they're doing a challenge twenty five, that's still quite a long time away for me. Are they older or younger than you, though? Because I think sometimes people who are younger panic. All ages, all ages. My friend ML, I just always remember this, her dad, who's maybe in his, like, 60s, was buying a bottle of wine and he got challenged to, like, show ID. <laughs> and he obviously didn't have it. And he, like, I mean, no offence to him, I think he's a lovely man, but he, he, like, he looks his age. And he, like, looks a bit like a Santa. Has lots of grey hair as well, Leo, so you can't even point out that one and um he got ids and obviously he didn't have id because he's like a 65 year old probably like 70 year old man but emma l was with him and she was like well i'm his daughter and i have id can i buy it and they said yes which i don't think really works and actually i think they shouldn't i mean the guy just having a joke or come ID. on I, it's That's such a funny. waste of everyone's time it's it just is. so silly but i think once they've id'd they shouldn't have given him the wine at all so actually they weren't even doing the job properly in the end that's my opinion. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure we've got a lot more to discuss apart all, from ML's yeah. dad's all good gripes. Buying. So um, if you've just tuned in, Freddie's Women on Residence 104.4 FM. And today we're talking about turning 30. So who here has actually reached this kind of hurdle slash milestone? Who's in their 20s? Do you not know how old we are? <laughs> Our listeners I'm might shocked. not. <laughs> I'm I'm quiz, Catherine, yeah, how old are we both? Yes. Um, Emma, I think you are 29. Correct. <laughs> and Leo, I believe that you are 
But yeah, I'm um, desperately still clinging to my 20s. Yes. For the next few months. I don't know. I mean, I am definitely. I'm I'm terrified. But also, I mean, sorry to jump the no, questions. No, that is, um, how do you feel about it? What about, yeah. So I just, I think I was expecting something very different from my 20s when I was a teen. Like I hadn't really thought about it properly. But then now that I've done my 20s, I'm like... Actually, that was good in a very different way than I was expecting, if you see what I mean. So, like, I was expecting, like, I will do this career-wise. I mean, nothing specific, but, like, achieve lots of things. And I didn't, which is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) But you learned something. But I learned lots of things, which I wasn't expecting, because you don't know that you are going to learn those. And I also, like, sort of, like, learned about other people, which I was also not expecting. So... Because, like, you know, when you're 17, you're like, I know people. They're easy. Actually, they're not. I feel like I came out my 20s finally understanding what I didn't know, having expected I would learn lots. That's it. And yeah. now I feel it's like I know even less, which yeah. is a bit can silly. Can I just say, I've even written for your question about what we've learned about ourselves, the cliche of how little I know. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've well, realized how little you know. So, yeah, well. 10 minutes. <laughs> What's the rest kind of the show? Kind of emotionally, Emma, how do you feel about this you know prospect it's coming up quite soon isn't it, it? Yeah, no, it, is, it is. well like obviously on one level it's quite terrifying it does seem it like is, a bit yeah. of a milestone um yeah. and i think it's a kind of point where you expect people are getting married people are having babies all these things are kind of happening and you know i'm definitely not getting married or having a baby as far as i know um so yeah like i think that's kind of a bit terrifying but at the same time i think a lot of people i've spoken to say you know like 30s are the best time and like when you're 20 you're still like really unsure of yourself and you're still like making a lot of mistakes you don't really know what you want so i am kind of hoping for a massive drastic life change on the 19th of september everything's mm. going to change suddenly well i think that was definitely uh my the kind of feeling that i had i i did i did enjoy my 20s i really enjoyed it um I don't think I necessarily want to go back there for all of it. But I definitely, you know, even though I'd had that kind of fun and I felt supported and everything, and actually a lot of the kind of stereotypical milestones of things that people kind of would like to often achieve by the time they're 30, you know, I did have a job, um, I had a flat, I was living with my boyfriend, those kind of things that sometimes people put as tick boxes. You know, I wasn't feeling miserable or anything. But I definitely, as the date got closer and closer, felt like I couldn't really carry on doing my life exactly the same. And something, I wanted something to change, but I was really unsure about what that was. And I kind of assumed it would happen by virtue of being 30. Like Emma's going to happen. Yeah, so maybe maybe mm. this is a little, a little bit of a, not a warning, but I think if you can put things in motion... Like, you kind of have to... Pressure's on you, Emma. You know. Pressure's on you. Dye my hair grey. Got okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> Shave it first. <laughs> you know, um, I think I just kind of assumed that when when I got to this age, everything would fall into place and I would just kind of watch it happening. But maybe if there's something that you want to do, it's worth doing it while you're 29 and three quarters. Well, I have a mini question, which... I don't know if you're putting you guys on the spot, but like yeah. I've definitely had friends who made like 30 before 30 lists 
mm-hmm. or like you know a list of things that you want to have achieved or done like you mm-hmm. know can be quite small mm-hmm. but like things that you want to do before you're 30 did either of you or have either of you made those I remember when I was like 13 I was on the metro coming home from school and I was I, I remember very specifically thinking like by the time I'm 25 I have to have directed a feature film <laughs> and I have to have written like three novels um, and all of these things where I was like I'm definitely obviously going to achieve these because I'm doing well in school so that's just how it works <laughs> and then you get out and you're like Okay, it's a little bit more tricky, but I, I like, I I've always been very worried of losing those aspirations, not those ones specifically, but the whole range of like childhood imaginings. Um, but I found that like being around people who are achieving those things sounds a little vicarious because it is, but um, is is really makes me feel very happy as well. So like my flatmate is. In, she actually does a show sometimes on Resonance called Taiwan Ray. So listen in if you're interested in Taiwanese culture. Um, but she is really, really impressive and like makes feature films and is writing scripts. And um, she's just incredible. Um, and there are all these people around who are just like making all of these wonderful things and doing incredible things. And I feel I can really learn from them. Yeah. I did make a list, but not to do before I hit 30, but to do in my 30th year or by the end of my 30th year. Um, and there were things on there like um, they weren't really about achieving something. It was more about the process. So um, See, that's better. That's so mature. It was. I, I felt like it's I was she's always dirty. starting and finishing things. Mm. So it's things like have tennis lessons. Um, that's achievable. This, that's go, so achievable. Yeah, and I, I did, <laughs> um, you know, start writing and try and finish very open-ended first ever novel that kind of thing so I did have I did have things on there um but my main thing was that like to me I had imagined that by the time I got to this age I'd be a very different person doing very different things to what I'm doing and it's not necessarily that you know that means I'm living my life in the wrong way but I sort of tried to think about the little steps that I could take to get there. And one of the key things which, and I don't know whether I'll do it this year or next year, is trying to get out of that nine-to-five office-based lifestyle. Um, but, you know, I it's not like kind of having a huge change necessarily, but it's just kind of starting to think, okay, every single week, what do I want to do that makes my life different? Because I thought that when I got to this age, I'd be waking up at 6 a.m. and doing yoga and I've just realised oh my gosh, I'm never just not doing that. that. Myself, I just kind of assumed I'd become this really healthy, like, you know, kind of Instagram perfect person. And you kind of have to do a little bit every day. It just doesn't magically happen. But also I think some of the things we thought are like, not not unrealistic in terms of like unachievable goals, but just not in any way relevant or like I remember an earlier show was it you, Emma, who said that you wanted that you thought being thirty you would be married with kids? That that was like probably your that's imagine- not an achievable goal. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> yeah. No, so, but your imagining of what an adult is was that Well, I think so I think because I don't know, maybe we'll maybe to ask this like also from looking at my parents so like Mm. where were my parents when they were 30 Mm. and like my parents when they were 30 they just had me so I was like their second child um and actually I'm so also something that makes me feel a bit positive about turning 30 um obviously I could have a great baby like myself but um is that I remember my mom saying to me like it was like her happiest time was when she just had me like she had two Mm. two young kids and like she was enjoying being a mother at that 
point and maybe Things I don't know. Change, though. So, like we do have kids later. It's true, days. but actually and I think something else that we were kind of thinking about, like is thirty a big milestone for people? Mm. And I think that like something that I immediately thought of, because in a way it's definitely not and people are definitely doing this later, like getting married later, mm. having kids later. But like still if you're over thirty five, you you're classed as a geriatric mother. And there are, there's yeah. still more risks associated with having a baby later. So the people are doing it, it is more risky still. Yeah. So I think that is something that does concern me a bit because it's not like we can just say, well, okay, actually I'll have a baby in 15 years because it'll be more convenient for me because actually that will be more difficult. And there's, yeah, no potential consequences. I definitely feel that because I am um, kind of looking at my parents, they, um, you know, my at the age of 32, my dad um, uh, had my brother come into his life and then he was 42 when I was born my mum had me at 35 so they weren't parents at 30 but they you know they did kind of they were married or kind of getting there um my mum actually when she turned 30 was single and bought herself a convertible because she thought she was never going to get married so you know she was kind of enjoying herself but um they did have things like a house or they'd had like you know a flat and then bought a house they had a car they had a very responsible lifestyle or kind of seemingly responsible um and I just kind of assumed that I would be a mum by now and I don't know how I possibly could have done that when I'm always kind of doing different jobs and I really like going out quite a lot and I, I know people do that before they have kids but you know I'm definitely not at the point where I don't think I would be a hugely responsible parent but you know I just kind of imagined that I'd be living in the countryside with um, my novel having made me lots of money and in, in a big house with a dog and some kids and it's now I just think well we'll push that to 40 but even then you know when when's that going to happen there's definitely that physical concern of mm. will if I leave it will I will I be able to have a baby well lucky for me my parents I mean all respect to me and Pooh if you're listening hadn't achieved a great deal by the time they were my <laughs> age so I'm quite lucky um they lived like in different places around the world like my mum had moved to Paris which like um was like a big deal for her because uh, no one in her family kind of really lived abroad um and uh she's british i should add um not french uh and then but my dad had like lived in like brazil and stuff and like lived around the world which is pretty cool he traveled um but like in terms of like achievements there was wasn't really like a tick list i could really match up to i think they they had my sister when my mom was 32 like my older sister so that's a while off if I'm in like in competition kids wise with my mom which I'm not so that's also lucky um so I guess like yeah that's all right I'm feeling quite comfortable being my parents so mm. for these kind of upcoming birthdays slash milestones are you going to celebrate or are you going to commiserate what's going to happen I think it's going to be a classic Emma birthday situation where I think I don't want to do anything and then I can't leave to the like, last minute. And then like two days before, I'm like, oh, does anyone want to do something in two days? Because my birthday, I better do something. Do you want us to organize something? I'm not sure that I'm going to be uh, in this city. That sounds like um, a bit of a non-committal answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a fact. But um, yes, we can discuss that Thank you. later on. Do you, do you <laughs> like your birthday generally? Are you a birthday no, I don't think I enjoy it. I think sometimes it's fine. Like... It's nice if you organise it well and you can get people you like to come and it's really, you know, whatever. But I feel like London is flaky. People are flaky in London. People are very busy. And if you don't tell them, like, two months in advance, 
it's a bit of a disaster sometimes. Or do the last minute thing. That's what I've done kind of pretty consistently for the last few birthdays is I've always done them at the end of my road. So turn up if you want to or not. And then like I've just had quite lovely birthdays for the past. Um, I mean, not to boast. I am boasting. They've been wonderful. Is 30 going to be something extra special? What? Not the Pelican? Um, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm not planning it now. I think neither of us are going to go to the extravagance that you went to on your very enjoyable birthday. But it you was did have great, great. It birthday. was almost wedding-like yeah. in my mind. Yeah. Well, I had a joint birthday party with someone who felt that she probably wasn't going to get married, which is, I don't think, an accurate assumption. Um, but she felt like it was essentially like organising wedding, having a joint thirtieth, and it it really it really was actually. <laughs> but you know, I did quite a lot of celebrations, and I always hated my birthday when I was younger. And now, as I'm getting older, I'm just getting more and more extravagant because partly it is really nice to have that time to reflect and think about the friendships that you form throughout your life and how people are there for you all of the time and make it kind of not so much about you, but bringing people together and trying to get your friends to meet. Um, So we had a fancy dress party and my boyfriend also kindly took me to Lisbon. And then I just dragged it out over several months with lots of mini celebrations. And to be honest, I wouldn't have done that if it hadn't been my 30th. So something mentally made it seem like a milestone. And I felt included in the celebration because I won a prize for my costume. Yes, you did. I was dressed as a pineapple. (laughs) but you know for me it definitely felt like going back to the last big kind of celebration I had was when I was 21 and that is traditionally you know you get the keys to the door you're a proper grown-up rather than being just a legal grown-up or whatever you've Mm. you know if you've been to university you finished university traditionally would have left home 30 looking back at that kind of last big celebration just seemed like such a such a change um so I was wondering how how do you how much do you think you've changed since you were kind of 21? Uh, I think I'm, I, I say that with like four eyes in the sentence. I'm less self-absorbed, which makes me a lot happier. So I appreciate that. Um, and I think that's the key change is like, oh, a key change. Um, is like noticing, like being a lot more aware of other people, being more political, being more politically active. That's made me a lot happier. Like, again, from a selfish perspective, um, yeah, I'd say like, uh, and and uh, yeah, more more awareness of being in the world. What about you? Emma? Um, so I think that kind of during this period, I've I've kind of maybe it won't seem like this to kind of external eye viewing my relationships, but I do think <laughs> that I'm kind of getting better at understanding what I actually want from relationships mm. and like romantic and friendship. Yeah, like me what too. I actually require and mm. I'm able to give to other people. Mm. That is also so, yeah. a very good one very positive and that's again like something that i wasn't expecting to learn like i hadn't really thought that through when i was 17 like and then now it's like that's a key part of being human but also i think that like in terms of romantic relationships and actually both i definitely understand these things a lot better theoretically but it doesn't mean i'm putting them into practice that's for my 30s to 40s that's what i'm gonna actually realize how to do it i feel like i can look after myself a lot better and maybe have the courage of my convictions a bit more, but rather than getting really burnt out, being really unhealthy, maybe sometimes spiralling into a bit of a funk and, you know, just finding life getting on top of me, I can kind of recognise those signs in myself and try and just be on a bit more of an even keel. Mm. You don't have the highs and lows of, you know... Of, like, not putting one and one together, of, like, noticing that doing three all-nighters in a row makes you thoroughly depressed. Yeah. That was a key thing that I learned in my early 20s. Or Stop being doing like that. like really just 
like your lifestyle impacting on you yeah and that's yeah. which is kind of why i assumed i was going to be this yoga doing kind of person and very quickly because we're we're sort of coming towards the end of the show what do you think you're going to be doing in 30 years time what are the goals? Does anyone have a 30-year goal? I mean, are those, is, is that feature film, presumably? I don't know. I, I think, um, I, w- I mean, it would be great to do all these things that I imagine that I would be doing. But a lot of them involve, like, like when I was, um, like, in my early teens, I was like, I'm obviously going to be famous for something. <laughs> like, never quite pinning it down to what it was. Um, but I'm a big dabbler, and I think that something about my 20s is like learning to accept that I am and that that makes me happy is dabbling. So doing a bit of music and then doing um, a lot of radio and a lot of documentary and all of these things and traveling and meeting lots of people um, and just finding ways to make sure you keep the small things going and then eventually it might add up to a big thing and that actually will make you happy, me happier in any case. I'd quite like to still be doing some incarnation of Fairly Least Women. Yeah, I mean, it would be really cute like that we've been, like, that we've been doing this. Like I was, I don't know, 17 or 18. You guys were a little bit older. What are you trying to say? Stop I'm saying I'm six months younger than you, Emma. That's what I'm saying. But it'd be really cute to like have something where it's such a shame that we've lost our old episodes except for that dad one. But like to be able to listen to this in 10 years and be like, we're wiser now and also have deeper voices. And then we'll be talking about how we feel about the milestone of retirement or are we going to retire? Mm. One to uh, be continued in the extreme future um, so well I think I don't know if you said 10 years or 30 years but it reminded kind me that when both. I was well when I, I was at secondary school and I must have been like maybe 14 at the time this guy that I was talking to it wasn't a flirtatious situation um, I don't think well let's see what you think about what I'm about to say he said to me I can imagine you're going to be a cool gran <laughs> which I thought was a bit I mean um, I think you will be I've always thought um, I'd be a great grandmother so we're rapidly running out of time um, but we've got a song to play us out and really nicely we received it in the post thanks um, so it's the Pan Logo song and it's by a band called Finding Rhythms and they are based at Her Majesty's Prison and Young Offenders Institution I hope I've said this right um, and it's a it's a oh there we go more information Bronzefield in Surrey Um and that is actually, it's a prison where young women um, are. And it's an album written and recorded by prisoners based there. So uh, we want to give it a listen. And thank you very much to Finding Rhythms for sending that in. You can find them online on Basecamp and Twitter. You can yeah. find us on Twitter at VLW Radio. You can, yeah. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.